0: Hello and welcome to episode 32 of Entertainment of Excellence, the podcast where we talk about films, TV, all of it. Hi, I'm Ollie. I'm Tom. And I'm Ben. And today we're going to be talking about the 1967 film, In the Heat of the Night. This will contain spoilers.
1: Yeah, that's it to Okay, so uh, the plot follows a, a black police officer. Okay, so some guy's been murdered. I can't remember his name. Do you remember his name? Uh, uh sounds like COVID. Oh, Mr. <laughs> Colbert. Yeah, yeah something it's... like that. Oh, was he a suspect? Oh, I don't know. No, well, it was Colbert that uh, got murdered. So he's just been murdered, and then this black police officer gets arrested because they're like, a black man sitting by himself. Yo, murderer! (laughs) You know how it was. It was 1967. Mm. Uh, Nowadays they just shoot him on Uh, (laughs) site. Yeah, this uh, it yeah it has aged a bit too well. This film, Mm. which is a bit worrying. Um, I we'll talk about that later, but I'll just carry on. So he he basically it turns out he's a homicide expert. So they use him to try and help crack the case. And uh, was the guy that they caught was he of any relevance? Was he just part of that like white supremacist group or whatever? Um, well, it
2: says on the Wikipedia page <coughs> uh, that he's the boyfriend of the woman that got the abortion. Yeah. So but who
1: was the woman? <laughs> I
2: the, the, okay, so is it, uh, as far as right? Um, I can't be asked reading all of the wikipedia thing we're very prepared in case you hadn't already noticed <laughs> yeah. um basically so the there was a police officer called sam wood that was the prime suspect for a while um and the and um, tibbs who's the black police officer was uh in the car with him and he noticed that he didn't want to go down a particular eye uh a particular road it turns out because there's a there's a woman there who always, uh, like is naked in the window, and he obviously goes to creep on, and it turns out that he, she's pregnant with his baby, and so she wants to go get an abortion, and I think it's her boyfriend that killed. There's um... her
1: brother.
2: Oh yeah, so her brother yes. who kills. Yeah, yeah, because she's talking about the fact that um she's like naked and stuff because her brother's out and she doesn't have anything to do. Because <laughs> that's what women <laughs> <one enough>. do.
1: <laughs> According to this film. Yeah. So, uh, it, obviously, it feels like the main thing the film is trying to tackle is like, as well as being kind of an entertaining murder mystery, it's obviously trying to show a depiction of racism in the South, because it is supposed to be a southern American town. So you get, uh, you know, you're White supremacists with the Confederate flag, trying to attack him, and also just kind of. Basically, everyone is racist towards Virgil at some point, aren't they? Yeah. yeah even the, um, uh, even the wife
2: of the deceased was, <clears throat> who's probably the most the nicest person to him at least in the first half is still like, calling him racial slurs and. Uh, yeah, because that was just the attitude at the time, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, but then he just sort of develop a relationship with the other police officer, who, like defends him when there's like white supremacists trying to beat him up.
1: Yeah, yeah but I liked that because I mean, I I always knew it was one of those like racist man becomes not racist films. Yeah, you know, they they're around a lot nowadays. Um, but like at first. He was obviously racist towards Virgil. And then as soon as he found out he was a homicide expert, he just is—he just seemed to stop. And I was like, that's weird. But then he does show some kind of prejudice towards him later on again. So I was like, oh, that's more believable, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. So it does seem to be a bit more nuanced about it instead of just like as soon as someone uh, is forced to be around a black man, they suddenly become not racist
2: suppose it was kind of more because it was in a professional environment and he saw that yes, he's a black man, but he's what we kind of need on this case. So... Yeah. I think he might have just which, put it to his side.
1: Yeah, which I guess is fine, but it was... There were still, obviously, people that wanted to get Virgil just out of their town, which is it's like, wow, jeez. <laughs> really don't like this guy. Uh... And it was like, was it, who was it? It was the, like, a mechanic guy. What was he? I don't know his name.
2: Really I, the to only name
1: to yeah, The only name I really remember is Mr. Endicott, the, uh, who keeps the plants, who hits Virgil, and then Virgil just slaps him back, and then he's like, oh, I can't believe you'd hit me. Why would you ever do that? Yeah. <laughs> so you just hate him. And so does Virgil, and just basically tries to pin the murder on him because uh, of his own like personal anger, which is good that it shows like how uh, you know everyone could be prejudiced for different reasons. So like Virgil shows prejudice towards him because he's a terrible person. Yeah, which is a better reason, to be fair. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <quite> like, yeah. <laughs> You can understand it, but still,
2: it's kind of not morally great because it's getting in the way of justice and stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Also, on another note, um, I'll point out that one of the other names I remembered particularly was Shagbag. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Very minor character, but a very uh, <laughs> memorable name. Yeah. Uh,
1: This... It does uh, handle, like, its issues very well, because this was still during the Civil Rights Movement, which I think ended in 1968. So this was one year before that ended. So it was probably quite controversial at the time. In fact, I can probably have a look.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it did win the Oscar for Best Film, but I can definitely see why there will be some controversy surrounding it.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of magazines are calling it uh, powerful and some of the best films and it's actually been placed on the United States National Film Registry uh, by the Library of Congress uh, Mm. on the list for preservation because it is culturally historically or aesthetically significant Um, yeah (laughs) which I can definitely see
0: Yeah, and probably, it's not necessarily in the best way, but it's probably quite relevant even today, which is quite... Yeah. Well, I've seen some reviews saying that.
1: Well, I think it's just... I'm glad we're doing it now, because something just happened in the UK, which kind of was quite, like, snapped you back into reality, was Sainsbury's released a Christmas advert, which had a black family in And it had loads of people saying like, "Oh, this is disgusting. Uh, I can't relate to this. How? Where where are the British families?" And it's like, and then, but they're fine with Aldi's carrot family advert and stuff. And it's like, oh, it worries you about how far we've actually come. It doesn't seem. It's literally just a black black family. Seems to have gone
0: backwards in some way. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Like, (laughs) although one good. one obviously racist guy just said like uh, absolutely sickening that was their tweet and then, <laughs> and then someone just replied saying finally someone else that hates gravy <laughs> that, that's the highlight of uh, that tweet that's <laughs> that's like I thought you were about this film I was
0: like
1: what? <laughs> no <laughs> no it's the Sainsbury's advert which is called like Gravy All right. It so it is worrying how because it feels like there was a in, like, the 90s and mid-2000s, people would at least pretend to not be racist. Yeah. But it does feel like it's gotten worse recently. Uh, an interesting thing that uh, Steiger and Potier did was they apparently occasionally went to the Capitol Theatre in New York to uh, try and see how many black and white audience members there were, uh, which they could work out by listening to the slapping scene so they'd listen for how many people cheered Tim's retaliatory slap and how many people went oh in (laughs) astonishment (laughs) nice that's pretty fun yeah I wish (laughs) I wish I could just see that now (laughs) I think it'd be quite funny to
0: repeat watchings (laughs) I can definitely see why that would be like a standout scene because it's just like immediate and it's definitely something that you wouldn't necessarily expect, but I mean yeah it was justified.
2: Very, it was very sudden and the fact that uh Mr I'm we're all great with names. Uh, Mr Endicott <laughs> uh was clearly shocked and was planning to hold The fact that Tibbs slapped him over his head when he'd also slapped Tibbs, which kind of shows the power imbalance there. Yeah. Even though Tibbs was a police officer, um, he's still a black man, and in that town, in that era, really, the fact he's black um, supersedes the fact he's a police officer.
1: Hmm. Yeah. One thing I just want to mention is that, like, The town is called Sparta. I just want to... (laughs) I thought that was kind of weird.
0: (laughs) Not as weird as the guy constantly chewing gum throughout the whole
1: film. Yeah, the, (laughs) the the police chief of the town is chewing gum the entire time. Yeah. Does he ever take it out? Is it the same piece of gum? Good to know that's the most important thing you took from the film. (laughs) <laughs> of course not um so, so we it wasn't about... the gum it was
2: obviously the wobbly aerial on the police car
1: yeah one of the <laughs> other social issues it i mean i guess it only briefly touches on is abortion because obviously mm. Dolores uh is going for a backstreet abortion uh i'll just look up uh when abortion was l- legalized in america it was, it was probably a state-by-state uh, state thing right i'd assume so yeah i
0: know uh, it was like 1968 i think
1: oh it was 1973
0: was roe v wade
1: so yeah, yeah. i mean it, they probably i th- actually i think that was when it was national yeah search for mississippi specifically i guess uh i will Mississippi, yeah. Oh, that cause... was nineteen sixty-six, apparently. Oh right. Oh no. Oh, in cases of rape. Oh, yeah. It was and that they would have been very tough on that. Like, yeah. Right? I'm that was sh- sure that they could just get the rapist would probably just be able to go. No, I didn't rape them. And yeah, be that like, was oh. technically
0: <laughs> in rape, them. wasn't it? Because yeah, was, like underage.
2: Yeah, because they were they were questioning rape. her a lot. Up that was they were questioning a lot, um did he force you or did you let him kind of with the assumption that he was yeah. gonna go with you probably let him and everything. And they had to I think it was the brother had to really make the case that no, it's just statutory rape because she's sixteen. Um
1: Yeah.
2: Which is kinda sad if you think about it, but
1: And also it's like it, it was $600 was the cost of it, and it was just some, like, random woman that did it, and it kind of, like, like, how difficult it is to get rid of this awful thing that has been, like, forced upon this, I mean, she's basically, she's a girl, she's 16, like. Yeah. But it doesn't really deal with that too much, it just kind of I mean, throws it in it, there.
0: And to also... To me, it kind of... It, kind it makes of it look a bit bad. Like she was the one instigating it and but at the same time like that doesn't justify that she's having to bear this burden and um, yeah I don't know it just it doesn't explore that as much as obviously some of the other themes
1: it might kind of dodge around it in a bit of a dangerous way I mean obviously it wasn't legal at that point so I guess it would have been even more controversial than the race issues it deals with but because As soon as uh, Virgil says, like, if you look in her purse, you'll find $100 for uh, an abortion, then they're like, how dare she do such a shocking, terrible thing?
2: Yeah. Just uh, a little note that $600 in uh, 1967 is about $4,600 now, so it really wasn't cheap. Unfortunately. Yeah. Mm. What did you think of the the murder plot, like taking the race issues and the social issues to a side? What did you think of it as, at its core, a murder mystery?
1: Uh, I thought it was fairly standard and had some good twists and, like, use the thing well of having Virgil just assume it would be Mr. Endicott. Yeah. I think they used that well, but to be honest, like, I always find murder mysteries fairly standard now, but obviously, I mean, this was the 60s. Yeah. yeah. And they have a fairly similar structure.
0: It had some pretty cool twists and reveals, but didn't really rely on, like, well, I think we'll probably come on to the music, but I didn't really rely on big bombastic music to when they had reveals which you might traditionally expect from a film of that time.
2: Yeah. Apart from that one scene where there was huge bombastic music when it was literally just the other police officer Gillespie being racist towards uh Tibbs. Which
1: I thought yeah, it was a weird little that odd. The rest of it was kind of understated. Like if you wanted the big music, maybe during the slapping scene, which seems to be like a really important one. Yeah, because the rest of it is kind of like bluesy and guitar. I said it sounded like uh, Seamus from Pink Floyd's "Medal," <laughs> but so, uh, uh, it
2: was it's composed c- by Quincy by... Jones. The music. Uh, is, is he a lad? He is a lad. He's Michael Jackson's
1: producer. Oh, he's really famous. He was. He won. Oh, nominated for a, an Academy Award. I think. Yeah. But then... Yeah. He's done quite a lot. <laughs> um. One thing I will note is that so the cinematography. Like, now, I think what gets Murder Mysteries now is the style, but in the 60s, because maybe they hadn't been overdone as much, it was kind of like a fairly... The, it didn't have that... Like and The most recent Murder Mystery that comes to mind is like Knives Out, which is... Hmm. That's very stylistic um, yeah. in its direction. This, I think, because it was the 60s, it felt it did too many medium shots, which uh it kind of bores me. <laughs> like I, mm. some of the specific I, I got down some cinematography things I liked was like when he was examining the dead body that did actually feel more modern. Like you could probably see that in a in a modern uh, like a police drama. I've seen that quite a few like every long week.
0: shots, didn't
1: it? Yeah. So Which uh, quite like. like with him, it was really close up of his hands like, and going up the body and stuff. That was that felt more modern and kind of you probably wouldn't have seen too much like that at the time. And there yeah. was also the really wide shot of the guy running along the bridge. Yeah, where it, like it was like panning and yeah, where it was panning yeah. and zooming in as well. That was cool. But yeah, I like that. Other than that, it was it was kind of fairly standard and it did feel. Uh, just whenever there's a a shot where it's just like a camera's kind of in the corner of a room and then the other characters are just chatting that that always makes me feel like the film is old yeah
0: Hmm. i saw a review that said like the standout thing for them was the cinematography which i don't really agree with because i think something this film did quite well i thought was like a subtle exploration of themes and because of that you didn't really have a style as such so it didn't really yeah. need to rely on over the top cinematography or it didn't really stand out as much as things like the acting or the story which mostly drove it i thought
1: yeah it was definitely more one that was supposed to be grappling with its themes and so acting and the writing was more important
0: yeah definitely but there were some moments that were were cool but Yeah. In terms of the cinematography.
2: Yeah, but the majority of it was pretty standard.
1: Uh its budget was two million and I I assume that was nineteen sixty seven. Dollars? Yeah. That's
2: <laughs> maybe fifteen million. Uh fifteen million six hundred thousand dollars nowadays. Fifty or fifteen. One five.
1: All oh, right, so that's that is fairly small for a yeah film budget. Hmm. How much did it make? Uh, it made twenty four point three million. So it did make a lot of its money back, uh, and it was probably quite big at the time. It won five Academy Awards. Um, so it, I think it was a big thing, and because also the sixties was the time. This was before, like, the blockbuster. Yeah. Uh, Something so... That, um, people would watch weird. a wide range of films.
0: Something that shocked me quite a bit is there's actually a sequel to this. There is, is? there? In 1970. called they call me Mr. Tibbs.
2: Oh. I wouldn't have assumed that this would have been a film you could make a sequel of,
1: really. Two sequels! There's two! A, a third one called the organization.
2: Dumb. Uh. So, I, yeah. I
0: mean, they're not and meant also, to the also
1: there was the TV series adaptation.
0: Yeah, but yeah. adaptations don't yeah.
1: really count. Although it, I think the TV series was, I she was supposed to be quite good because it ran for like seven years, and mm. it comes up before. The film does, yeah, it had eight seasons. It comes up before the film does an IMDb, but it doesn't have as many reviews, so I don't, I don't know how that works. I don't know how the IMDb algorithm functions. Yeah, well you should. I should know it. Should
2: I? It's like you should watch The Clone Wars.
1: <laughs> they, pro- I assume they'd they'd probably hide it, wouldn't they? <laughs> Just like I should watch The Clone Wars. I yeah. am actually watching the Clone Wars, but you're gonna have to bully me even more.
0: Shut up and watch it all it, the man. way through.
2: <laughs> Leave a comment saying that like, Tom should watch the Clone Wars.
0: <laughs> I quite liked um, how, like, the injustice in the legal system. How, like, when you see uh, Virgil talking to the the woman that's running the backstreet abortion place, saying how, like. The difference between white and black sentences is really wide and like you get mm. off a lot worse if just purely based on your race hmm.
1: and this was even before like the war on drugs started so it, it is worrying like a lot of the issues it brings up are still pertinent today and well they got a lot more pertinent i guess uh, in this around the 70s era yeah so it, it is quite an important film that also manages to be entertaining at the same time with like the murder mystery aspect yeah yeah so it's quite interesting that it decided to do that do you think i wonder if they went as to have the murder mystery thing as well to, so that uh like maybe more conservative people would actually watch it and maybe challenge their views I mean yeah,
2: yeah because I can't imagine many more conservative uh viewers in nineteen sixty seven going out to watch a film purely about like a drama that about um racism and the social issues at the time. I just don't think that would have been. A thing that would have yeah. been successful enough.
0: Um, yeah. So it like has that. It has the murder mystery to attract more people that won't conventionally necessarily watch it. But
2: yeah, because if you think about if you think about it, that I don't think the murder mystery was the intention of the filmmakers whatsoever. I mean, no. It's very much a vehicle with which to convey the uh, issues they had with society at the time um i guess that kind of shows in the fact that it's you know it's not a particularly groundbreaking murder mystery plot um like yes there are a couple of twists and uh yeah it's <clears throat> you know not it's pretty formulaic but uh it's very character driven the film and very much how the characters react to the injustices at the time, so um, yeah,
0: something that I liked about the characters because obviously you get the perspective of uh, someone you wouldn't necessarily get in the film of the sixties, but he's always presented as like really rational and composed as opposed to a lot of the white characters in it who are really like barbaric almost and you know like mm. when he's been attacked and he's he's seen as like more in control which is probably the opposite of like the, the general perception in terms of like racism at the time or earlier
2: yeah especially towards the start it seemed that by um, Tibbs being very calm composed and he didn't even speak much it really just brought your attention to the way that the the white cops were acting, and you just go, "Well, why are they acting this way? Why are they uh, being so defensive and aggressive to someone who's put up no uh, fight whatsoever?" Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, it's one one way, one thing looking at it back through a contemporary eye, but you know, at the time. Uh, I feel that that would have really been a very effective way of presenting the issues and the sort of hypocrisy of the of the white cops uh, in the system.
0: Yeah, because like at the start when he doesn't immediately sort of say, I am a police officer, or even more than that, like a, an expert on homicide cases, it mm. kind of, it um, kind of, uh, you'd you'd expect him to just automatically say it, but obviously there's like a dramatic effect of that in terms of the plot, so you can have another early shock. But there's also a social side to it, I guess, how a lot of the time he's been uh, like forced into submission, and he's he feels like he has to like contain it to himself, and and then reveal it later.
1: Yeah.
2: Mm.
1: Because at the very One start... One thing I find... It, oh. It... oh, go on, because I'm going to change topic. You carry on. Uh, I was literally just going to say that at the very start,
2: <clears throat> when you don't know that he's a cop, um, a murder a murder expert, uh, the fact that you just see this done to, essentially, in the eyes of the viewer, an innocent black man really just helps enhance this. Because you know, you know nothing about him and he's not putting up any fight. And then when he turns out he's a cop, the fact that they all change their attitudes at least somewhat um, to accommodate him, if not act a bit more friendly.
0: Um, Yeah. I think that definitely stands out with that line where one of them says uh, something like, you're the only human that's ever been in here. So as it progresses, they're definitely seeing them in a different lens. Yeah. And obviously, there is still prejudice, but less prevalent than at the start.
1: Uh I was just going to say that what I find interesting is that it won the Oscar for Best Editing as well. So I was wondering what... <laughs> mean, why do you think that was? <laughs> yeah.
2: I wonder what the competition was. It... Um... There wasn't anything I wrong see. with the editing; it was serviceable. I just don't see anything particularly great about it.
1: Yeah, i I think I need to look at what film editing in, entails because it feels like one. It's such an integral part of filmmaking, but you don't always notice it unless it's like really obvious, like a, a an Edgar Wright film or something like all the. All the more recent winners, it's quite obvious editing So Oscar winners. So there's like Gravity, Whiplash, Mad Max, Fury Road. It's quite, you know, it makes sense. It, yeah. But maybe it's because they're getting more flashy with it. I, I want to know. Because the thing is, that because you didn't notice the editing, that means it was good.
0: Yeah, it does always seem like that like I never really look out for it and it's- it's almost like subliminal but obviously if there's any bad editing then that then you'd notice that if if you don't notice it then that's probably a good sign
2: you either don't notice it or you really do because it's stylistic
1: yeah and i'm excluding bloody bohemian rhapsody (laughs) that won best editing in 2018 which has like Sixty cuts per second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's it was it terrible. It's to... <laughs> well giving why. it to mile twenty-two. <laughs> like it was probably the worst part of the film was the editing. Why? But... <laughs> I don't know why they gave it that. But yeah, it's it was something I want to look at more.
0: Hmm. What did you think of the performances?
1: They Are were they really yeah they were really believable like Sydney Poitier was uh especially good yes yeah. definitely
2: it it turns out that um the actor of the white, white cop got the i've closed the hecking tab that's so sad um <gasps> yeah uh he got an award for something, Best Actor, I'm assuming, um,
1: and Sidney Poitier didn't. Um, oh, yeah, he, was, he wasn't He was even nominated. He was nominated which, for a BAFTA and Golden Globe. Because part of me is like, um, Poitier's
2: so much... I wouldn't necessarily say he's so much better, but he's, you notice his performance is better. Yeah, if that makes sense, it's like with the editing. It's not necessarily his is better, but you've noticed that it's better.
1: Yeah, um, he he had previously the main won role. an Oscar.
2: Yeah, which yeah. is because my th- first thought was was he excluded because he's black? I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if that still had a a role in it.
1: Yeah, but... he 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 won an Oscar in uh 1963. Best yeah. actor for *Lilies of the Field*. Because so
0: I, <laughs> I read that he had to like change, like change his accent because he was born in the Bahamas and he had to like try and make himself himself sound more American. So there's obviously prejudice and discrimination almost outside of the film, obviously.
1: Yeah, well, I guess it depends I mean, how you interpret it because he's supposed really. to
0: be from Philadelphia. I wouldn't yeah, say but that's not really- for this film. Just, like, in general. Oh, oh.
1: And, oh, you mean they made him sound American, like, in PR stuff?
0: Yeah, I think so. Oh. Yeah, because oh, right. if it yeah, was just in the sense. film, okay. that's
2: no different to, like, a, a British person doing an American yeah. accent.
0: But... but, I mean, like, I think he had to, like, adjust it, it when he was going for roles and stuff to make him sound like he's from there. Oh, yeah. I'm not entirely sure, but this was just on, like, his IMDb bio, so.
1: Yeah, because oh, I, I don't think I've ever heard of people having to change their accent for like just uh, press stuff I mean obviously like I know about I mean Master of None has a whole episode of this like a lot you know a lot of times Indian people are cast and they're like oh could you do the accent and it's like well <laughs> but I don't have that accent it's kind of racist uh to make me do that and they're like no we we need that so yeah it is weird i mean but to be fair this is like in a different way because this isn't this is making him sound more in quotation marks american that's interesting
0: i'm not like don't quote me on it, (laughs) but that's what, that's (laughs) what it says
1: he was made an, honor, an honorary Knight Commander of the Order of the British Empire by yeah, Queen Elizabeth II. I, s-
2: I saw his. He had a sir. <laughs> yeah. Wow. He was
1: knighted. And he was a- awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2009. In short, sure still alive. He's uh, he That's is 93. 93. Yeah. Wow. Please, uh, 2020,
2: don't take him. I think he's a lad.
1: <laughs> He's yeah. He, he tried to succeed. He was awarded the BAFTA Fellowship for outstanding lifetime achievement in film. Uh, he was ranked 22nd uh, greatest male star <laughs> of classic Hollywood cinema, and he's one of only two living actors on the AFI list. The other being Sophia Loren. And in 2002, he received an Academy Honorary Award recognition of his remarkable accomplishments as an artist and as a human being. So he's, you know, he's obviously very highly praised now. And it seems like he's been been acting for years. Years and years and years. Like, he was in his first film in 1947. Wow. So, yeah, I think he's an absolute lad. (laughs) (laughs)
0: I mean, the other acting in this was good as well, but obviously he was the stand-up yeah. moment as the
1: lead, which can I guess be a bit unfair, but <laughs> the I lead think... gives you more of an advantage. I think the real star of the film
2: was Shagbag.
1: <laughs> <laughs> do you actually see him, or do they just mention him? I can't remember. No, I he's, think...
0: he's there, just sat on the
1: chair. I think. <laughs> oh right. <laughs>
0: Such a role. Nice. It is. Turn out to Shag Bag.
2: <laughs> my, my, my man Where shag do you think bag. the
1: name comes from?
2: Set of interest? Something to do with
0: mm. the bag? Maybe we need to do some research.
2: <laughs> Maybe what you don't say. <laughs> <laughs> What if for our next episode, we actually research the film beforehand?
1: <gasps> I think we need to set up a patreon before we do that yeah please <laughs> subscribe
2: and uh especially you Lewis G if you are still watching please if you're out there lewis we we love you please come home <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Come back uh, to the Entertainment of Excellence, listeners. It's where you belong.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Should we give a? Should we give it ratings?
0: Yeah.
2: Indeed, we shall. <gasps> you can follow along by going to our website, EntertainmentofExcellence. um, on which we have a Hall of Fame, which is the top of top few films of each genre, and a link to. All of our films ranked it by their rating. It's kind of cool. I
0: mean, uh, this is one of the earliest ones we've done, apart from Fantasia and, of course, the legendary Robot Monster.
2: Oh, Robot Monster.
0: <laughs> so we need to compare it to those two, I guess.
2: <laughs> well, if we're comparing it to Robot Monster, I'd say um, it has... I think it's I,
1: a bit better than Robot Monster yeah. I was about to say Do the you? special effects were quite good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> mm. I re- I enjoyed it. Um it's more of a think piece than entertainment which would kind of I I kind of want to compare it more to some of the artsy films because we haven't really done many that are theme driven and by that I mean social issues. Um I guess so I usually go with Stalker to uh with less like straightforward films. So I'd say I enjoyed it a bit less than Stalker. Um You gave Stalker
0: quite low didn't you?
1: I think you did, I'll yeah. Have a look. Um, you gave it a seven point two five. Wow, Ollie, you gave an eight point two.
2: Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go seven point two with this. Um, which is what did I give? not five below Stalk. What did I give? Fear and Yep, but I enjoyed it more. Oh, than you fear gave that quite low. Six point eight. Yeah, I'm going with 7.2 because it was a good film. Um, it just wasn't outstanding. Um, the, th- the social issues it brought up were obviously uh, great to think about, but that's not necessarily inherent to the film. You could have had a completely different film with a completely different plot, bring up the same issues, and you'd have gone away feeling pretty much the same uh, because at its heart, it was a murder mystery Uh, film. I don't think it was a particularly good one of those, so
1: I'm going with 7.2.
0: Am I the only one that found the murder mystery quite convoluted?
1: As in, like, there are a lot of twists and turns, but I think I just kind of zoned out a bit. Yeah, Yeah. I found it hard to follow, not because of the plot, but because
2: of the way it was presented. It was just... Yeah, I I kind of zoned out a bit.
0: Maybe because you were concentrating more on, like, the themes and social issues they explore, which obviously there's there's more to discuss about that and it has more of an impact, especially given the time it was released. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But I probably I'm gonna give it a seven point three. Ooh. Ooh. So (laughs) different to Ben Uh
1: So I, uh, the, okay, so I think that, like, th- as the plot and stuff is fine, but the social issues definitely bumps it up a bit. So I'm probably going to go 7.2 or 3, but i have just torn. It's such a tense decision. This is all, like, of our... Uh, <laughs> we've got quite high forces in between that I'm area. I'm absolutely going to just explode
2: because that's a far <laughs> too high a rating. <laughs> The thing, like, I feel like
0: it's... Oh, I'm going to do the same if you go 7.2 because it's too low. The problem Ooh, is, right, the you tense. two rated
1: the some of the films too low. That's what I'm going to say. Because I feel like it's on the same level as, like, Hollywood. Actually, I gave that quite high. Uh, But I don't think it's as good as Fear and Loathing. So <laughs> that's quite weird <laughs> for me <laughs> in terms of the way that those two are put. Uh... I'm going to give it a 7.2, I think. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> what? That <Why>? low. <laughs> Why is good time down there as well? <sighs> are you, I think I, you two are just wrong. Yeah, but
2: good time was a bit... It was alright, it just wasn't particularly good. <gasps>
1: <laughs> it wasn't a good time. It's, it, guys, it's it okay. Was... I'll, I'll beat Ben up later. It was an average time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. Well, it was Is it Submission of our Spotlight? First episodes back. Wait. It was so young back then. Ollie, did you just
2: hear what I heard?
0: <laughs> oh Tom God, talking Tom about the
2: Submission done. Spotlight.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm really proud of myself.
2: Spam the clapping emoji in the chat. That's what the kids do, right? <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yes, it is the submission spotlight. We don't have any to do this week because uh, we have to space them out after last week's one, um, which is the 911 call, which you should definitely go and watch. Um. So this section is just if you are a creator, if you make music or films or write anything or do anything creative that you'd like us to give our thoughts on you can send it in and we'll give a a quick review of it you can also come on the podcast to talk about it with us which would be great Um, you'd be the first person to do that even though we've been having this offer for like 10 episodes now Um, so if you've got anything you'd like us to talk about then you can submit it by using the contact form on our website um, or go to our social medias which are at EOV podcast on both Instagram and Twitter uh, you can just uh, private messages there and we'll get that to you um, so yeah. yeah
1: cool so is it recommendations time
0: you're I doing do, it right? It Tom, well done.
1: I, know. I I just want to make up for the fact that I've got like four films I'm going to talk about. It's all of these Clone Wars
2: he's not been <laughs> watching really helping.
1: I have been watching Clone Wars. I watched,
0: watched like three Clone Wars recommendations. I've watched
1: 16 episodes. Hurt 16. Uh, <laughs> James got
0: 16.
1: <laughs> um so okay, let's lightning round. I if I can remember everything. Yes. I watched Me and Earl and the Dying Girl, uh, and I was pleasantly surprised that I like really enjoyed that. It's kind of like a teen uh dramedy. Um and I mean it it basically says it in the title, I don't wanna spoil much, but the characters are like really believable and it has some great comedy and is so emotional. Like it's really good and worth watching. So you should watch that uh i also watched the film thunder road which is probably one of the most indie films that i've ever seen i know i'm proud of myself but what is good about it is that it didn't feel indie at all it had like a tiny budget of i think two hundred thousand dollars but it looks amazing and it's a really interesting tone of this It's again it's a blend of comedy and drama but it's more like in the middle of the heartbreaking scenes there'll be a hilarious moment Um, which is really interesting but it didn't feel like it ruined it it's one of the only instances I've seen of that, where it has the comedy and drama in the same scenes and it doesn't ruin it, so props to Jim Cummings for doing that, he was the writer director and star Uh, it's definitely a film worth watching and it's on Netflix, it's only an hour and a half so if you want to see what independent film can do I really recommend it and it has like a 10 15 minute one take of him just talking at a funeral at the start so it's a really interesting film uh i then went a bit further back in time and i watched uh
0: hitchcock's vertigo oh that Um, sounds good i might go and watch it on netflix now
1: oh it got taken off netflix yesterday ollie oh wow oh that's so sad This is one of those films with 100 Metascore, which usually makes me go ugh, but <laughs> but I actually really liked it. It is a, it is really good. It's often put as like one of the best films of all time, and I think it has a really interesting story. Uh, so it's well written and paced, and it's like the technical aspect. It's one of those films where I did really like it, but I wouldn't put it as my top film of all time but I know why it's seen as, like, the best film of all time, because I know it really intentionally uses colour, it reveals, like, how Hitchcock kind of viewed women, which wasn't in the best light, but it's kind of an honest depiction of what he thought, which is it's kind of like, it is more like, an artist's vision type thing, and he, I know he invented, like, the dolly zoom for this, which I think was used for the actual vertigo effect, so there, are, there's a lot of good things to like about this film, and it is actually enjoyable. And it was 1958, so even earlier than In the Heat of the Night. Are you making uh, up for the fact that
0: you haven't seen Psycho?
1: Yes. <laughs> How have you not seen Psycho? <laughs> I don't. I, it was on Netflix, and then it, but it was on Netflix during the time where I could never be bothered to watch any film. <laughs> at least so, you, at least you need. to I'm hoping to watch, hoping to watch it. <laughs> yeah uh but vertigo is definitely well worth watching and i also <laughs> watched zombie land which is completely different to vertigo it's a comedy horror uh and it feels like america's response to shawn of the dead which would put me off to be honest but it is actually i did really enjoy it i think it's really stylistic it's got good editing uh like fun violence and the character dynamic is really good um it, it is it is really fun and worth watching and that's on netflix currently it hasn't been snatched off there so you can watch that too <laughs> uh I, and netflix it, it. I think that's everything
0: i want netflix to have a feature where they tell you what's coming off it rather than having yeah. like a tiny little text <laughs> when you get onto the film hmm Do you have anything, Ben?
2: Uh, Just briefly, I've been watching the show Brooklyn Nine-Nine recently, um, which is groovy. It's a comedy uh, sitcom about police departments in Brooklyn, as the name would suggest. Um, And... There's not really a load to say about it other than it's it's really good. It's comedies, uh, very good. It's just very good. I'm really tired. <laughs> um, so yeah, it just follows the uh adventures of uh detectives who have to go out into the field and solve crimes, and but it's mainly at, at heart the sort of relationships between them. Um, and that's where a lot of the the comedy comes from from the the interactions between characters um personally i feel like uh, i am a i personally am a mixture of hitchcock and scully
1: so um you can You're go talk about alfred hitchcock are you
2: no hitchcock
1: <laughs> from <laughs> i know who hitchcock is i was just cuz i talked about vertigo
2: oh that's like a reference <laughs> yes <laughs> that's all i'm going to say it's uh it's okay so it's on netflix but i think only the first 6 seasons are on netflix even though there's a 7th one and there's an 8th one coming out next year so i don't know where you're going to get the 7th one i'm not up to the 7th one yet i'm still on mm. i'm the first few episodes of season 6 so
1: wow Oh my god! <laughs> I watched I like one and a half. Se- yeah, I watched one and a half series of it a while ago, and it was really enjoyable. I just stopped watching it for some reason. Oh, I when I binge something, I binge something.
2: Yeah, yeah. You really <laughs> I watched do. the whole of the American <laughs> Office in two weeks. That's like, like that's whole nine <laughs> seasons with like twenty episodes <laughs> each season.
1: Apart from episode, apart from season one. Yeah, but season one doesn't count. True. <laughs> uh As begins, on the Nolly.
0: Oh, right. You've got um, many... Yeah, I've got three recommendations. How do you have the <gasps> time to what, to deal with all because stuff? Because we're
1: not spending all our time watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> no, you just talked about six seasons of them.
0: <laughs> I watched them all in, like,
1: the past week.
2: Before that.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, t- t- so... I think the sum total of what I'm recommending, is like five hours. Never mind the six seasons. How long is that?
2: Quite a bit. It's like twenty-two episodes, twenty minutes long, times six.
0: <laughs> anyway, no, get on with it. <laughs> um. So the first one is, uh, it's called. Well, I mean, I like it. It's not the best. It's an it's called Anti Donna's Big Old House of Fun. It's oh, quite yeah. a, like absurdist humor. It's it's these um Australian trio comedy act um, who have a YouTube channel. They're not the most well known, but they did get a Netflix show. Um, and I mean, it has some pretty good sketches. Some are better than others, but there's actually an interview with them on mr sunday movies channel about how to get a netflix show so um that's also quite interesting if you if you like that um the second thing is uh star wars clone wars not the clone wars but the 2003 miniseries (laughs) which is uh it's actually really good i mean it's not actually canon anymore it was at the time because it came out between episode two and three, so like it it mm. starts right at the end of um, episode two and ends right at the start of episode three. If that makes sense, Because they and... just get retconned? Yeah. Well, it it actually has the first appearance of iconic characters such as Asajj Ventress, General Grievous, and shar Ghee.
2: Oh yeah, if I don't know who that, is. that
0: is then. Yeah. <laughs> it's know, pretty much is... shaggy in Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Powerful um, shaggy. <laughs> and it's really stylistic. Like the first well, it's it's sort of split into two volumes. The first volume, series one and two, and those episodes are about four minutes in length. Um and then series three, they're about fifteen minutes. So in all it's just over two hours. Um but it does have really cool action it's very different to the Clone Wars which Tom should watch
2: uh,
0: and... <laughs> Tom <laughs> watch the Clone it Wars it has some cool like it pres- I mean it does uh, it does exaggerate like the potency of the Jedi and Sith because there's like this scene where Mace Windu fights about a million battle droids and just without a lightsaber just punches them and the force pushes them all away it's ridiculous but all right. it's, it is pretty cool. And then the third thing is... Wait,
1: is that on Disney Plus?
0: No. I just watch it on YouTube. Oh, right. Um, and the third thing is uh, another... Well, I know Tom mentioned an indie film. It's a bit of an indie film as well. You've probably never heard of it. It's called Apocalypse Now. <laughs> <laughs> um... No, it, obviously it's a pretty famous film directed by Francis Ford Coppola. And I know that it took like two years to edit. He filmed like over 200 hours of footage and stuff. I think, I believe I watched the final cut, which was just under three hours. And well, if you don't know, it's it's a Vietnam war film, but it's more of like an exploration of uh, the protagonist and like going into his mind's, not really to do with PTSD, but he's in like a bit of a catch-22 situation where at the start, there's like some narration where he says when he's at home, all he can think about is the jungle, but then when he's in the jungle, he wants to go home and basically sent on this mission to hunt down this um, American officer gone rogue who was, uh, he's set up like this, cult sort of thing where he's worshipped as a god and um loads of well Viet Cong, but also a lot of americans go and worship him um and he's sent to, to track him down and kill him i won't tell you what happens but and along the way it does show a lot of like the insanities of war and particularly the vietnam war which was highly controversial for america and I know there's a lot of popular Vietnam War films, but yeah, it's very good. Definitely worth yeah. watching. Nice.
2: River? So, uh, anything else to say?
0: No. Uh, but we need to say what we're doing next week. Oh,
2: oh trick question. I definitely remembered I that. I believe
0: it's hunger, <laughs> I think, it's on the schedule.
2: Yes, if you go to... Hopefully we don't of find out it's going to take it off in like two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> if you go to entertainmentofexcellence.weebly.com and subscribe to our mailing list, you will get access to the schedule. Uh, and you can see what we b- we'll be doing a couple of weeks in advance. And also, in the off chance we forget to say at the end of a- the episode. Which is quite likely. And um, Anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, Hope you enjoyed. Go and give Hunger a watch. And we'll see you next week. Alright, see ya.
0: Alright, see ya. Alright, see (laughs) ya.